Welcome to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. That's P3, P3. Hey, hey, hey! Okay, Purple. Hey! Luis got on the podium. Who would have thought? We talk race reviews, news from the paddock, and bring you everything from the world of Formula One. And something to limit the problem. Congratulations. Well, change your car. You've got a problem. Change your fucking car. And Jim, you change your car because Checo has been saying the car is fucked. And now your hosts, Drew, Walker, Ed, and Tomas. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. I'm here back with the boys, Drew and Thomas. And today we have a full, full episode. And you're not going to know this listening to this now, but we actually tried to record a few days ago. uh, But we had some uh, technical issues in uh, the bunker. And you know what? I think it worked out for the best because we have so much more to discuss right now, so much more to talk about. Not only are we going to recap the British GP, looking forward to the Hungara Ring, which is one of my favorite tracks. Um, but we got the whole saga happening over at Red Bull at AlphaTauri with uh, De Vries, uh, currently out of a job. Um, lots to talk about, but maybe maybe we'll start with the uh, British Grand Prix, and then we'll get into the juicy stuff. Um, I want to hear uh, your thoughts on the race, on the weekend. Drew, you want to kick us off? You know what? Actually, I don't. While we have Thomas here in a good spot in the bunker, let's take advantage oh, of his uh, yeah of his Wi-Fi quality. Wow! Yeah, let's get okay. LTE Thomas. Let's go. Okay, okay. So uh, the weekend uh, the the British GP was um, was an okay weekend, I think, as as Drew would have put it. I, I did enjoy it. Qualifying was good. Uh, McLaren kicked ass. So, so what the fuck was that? I was out of nowhere. Uh, good on them. Um, I don't have too much to say. I really did enjoy the race. It was it was a good race. It uh, wasn't as boring, and um, hoping uh, for a little bit more uh, more races like that uh, in the future. I absolutely loved the race. I thought it was just that little mix up that we needed to get excited about Formula One again. Um, like Walker kind of alluded to at the beginning, we we were going to try to record the podcast on uh, Tuesday this week and. That night, I think, or that day, we had found out that um, DeVries got canned. So we, we didn't even know it at this point. But um, I was I was excited to talk about how how racy McLaren looked, right? Like, I would argue that if Piastri didn't get an unlucky pit stop before the, um, before the safety car came out, which was just dumb luck. There was no strategy issues. Like, McLaren didn't have, you know, it wasn't a bad call on any. It was just shit dumb luck which is unfortunate because I would have loved to see Piastri on the podium. And I really think that that would have been a reality. Um, I guess my bigger question would be like, does that play out in perpetuity? You know, historically McLaren has done well at that track. It is, you know, even with the upgrades currently McLaren was supposed to do well here and they did, which is awesome. But I think the Hungaro, like I think the next few races are going to really put that to the test. And like, was this a one hit wonder? Um, did all the English boys show up for a home race? Because like everybody was looking really pacey. The only ones who weren't were wearing red. You know, like Ferrari was just they were struggle busing out there, and and um, I don't know why they would would make some of the. You know what? It was a combination of just not having the race pace plus a couple of bad calls, 
And I think there was an opportunity for them to kind of catch back up in the the driver's championship or sorry, the, uh, the constructor's championship. But I, I just really don't think, I don't think they had the pace. They just weren't, weren't doing it. And I think Checo really needs to step up his game. Like being out in Q1 is just not something you should be doing in a Red Bull. Like he, he, it's not like a once, Oh, I had a bad weekend. Like Monaco it's consecutive it, yeah. performances. Yeah. In, in a, far superior car like lightning mm-hmm. ahead of everyone like it when you're when your teammate is winning by 25 seconds in some races you can't even get on a podium we got a fucking intrinsic problem here and i think that needs to be addressed and you know we're gonna get to it in a bit but like i really think Checo's under some fucking heat right now what do you got on this one walker what do you think about the uh the british grand prix yeah so overall i thought it was a great weekend great race i love the track i love the the heritage that comes with, you know, racing at a track like that. Um, and for me, I think what the race did was it really reinforced some trends that we've been seeing over the last uh, several races. Um, you know, McLaren was, you know, I don't know if I would call it a surprise, but it definitely reinforced the trend of them becoming faster and a little bit more comfortable in that car. Um, you know, the trend of Perez underperforming in a car that, again, should dominate. Um, the Ferraris being mediocre mercedes kind of like meddling somewhere in the middle of that top 10 um and also uh, let's not forget about aston martin having a few tough races and not being able to find that pace and i don't know if that is a a function of them falling back or just the rest of the field you know really catching up to them with their development and with their upgrades but it was just really and reinforced a lot of the trends that we've been seeing and i think um you know it took some instances that were maybe like you know oh this was a, a lucky happenstance or this you know you know the cards just fell in 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 favor for certain cars and certain drivers and certain teams you know we could maybe suggest that before but now i think we're starting to see some consistent performances from you know mclaren even though it's been you know a few just a few races um we've been seeing some inconsistency as uh, drew mentioned in someone like perez and then ferrari is just like really nowhere um and i don't even know if you can blame it on strategy at this point like i don't know if their strategy has really been the downfall of their performances the last few races i think it's just been a mediocre car with guys that aren't feeling super comfortable in it um yeah it was, it was kind of funny you know the, you there was a, a radio message with signs um where they were kind of confirming what strategy they were going to be on and he was like oh uh what was what was plan b again they were like uh you're confirming plan a confirming plan a and then he's like oh uh what was that one again so I think that, you know, there's obviously a disconnect there, um, maybe within the team, maybe within the car, uh, just overall. Which is par for the um, course for Ferrari. Like which that, is par that for is, the course. I mean, yeah, that's it was so Ferrari. Really, yeah, it was very it was a, Ferrari. It was a very Ferrari-like message that you would expect. Um, but I thought it was like a good race, good pace. I think there was some good competition, uh, you know, amongst Norris and Hamilton those last few laps. Um, and hey, Max only finished... 3.7 seconds ahead of the field given there was a safety car but whatever like he was within sight you could see him that's yes. progress when he passed the finish line lando was also on the same corner going into that straight so that is like, progress we'll take it where we can get it right i don't yeah. care if it came with a safety car i don't care it's just fucking let's roll you know what i saw somewhere um i don't know if i heard it or read it but like can we just give Max 
the fucking trophy now. Let him go play his like <laughs> e-games. He can go do his sim racing, gain 20 pounds, do whatever he's got to do. It's over. Like I think yeah. after the next race, it's statistically impossible unless someone wins every other race. Like it's over. Let's just give him the trophy. He can win. Max needs to win. That's just the type of guy he is. Go home, sit on your computer, and then let the rest of this season be fucking awesome. Because two, three, four, five, six, dude, that's a. This is going to be a season. Yeah. Right. If you yeah. take Max out of it, this is going to be a great season. So, do you think once it becomes mathematically impossible for anyone else to win, that you know you technically could just like DNF your car every single race and just go fuck off in Monaco with your girl and hang out? Yeah. And still pick up the trophy at the end of the season? A hundred percent. Are there any rules against this? That's a Kimmy move. That's a Kimmy Raikkonen move. (laughs) He'd walk off to the yacht. Yeah. (laughs) He would literally go to the grid and then just not race. Just get out of the car and be like, well, you guys pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's your car. You guys figure out what the fuck to do with it. Yeah. You're right though. Two. I mean, that second place is going to be really tight. I know Alonzo and Perez are, are duking it right now, but neither of those guys look particularly strong. Um, so you have, who else is up there right now? You're going to have Hammy up there. Leclerc and Sainz will be up there. Yeah. So right now this, you're at uh, max, obviously in first, you have Sergio with 156, Fernando with 137, Hamilton with 121. So, you know, Hamilton is probably looking the strongest, at least the last few races in that car. So, you know, he can definitely challenge for that second point or that second place. And then you have. Carlos coming in at 83 and then there's a bunch more in the eighties. So, um, but those top, uh, two to four, as you mentioned, can be uh, really interesting. Who is your driver of the day, uh, for, for the GB GP Lando all day. That kid drove yeah. the tires off that car. It was amazing. It was so good to see. And like, I was, I felt proud for him. Like, I just like, mm-hmm. I was so excited that like, he is such a good personality on and off the grid. He has so much fun. The relationships he has with the drivers are fucking awesome. And I just, I think he's a lot of fun as a driver. And I, I think he deserved it because he drove well. And it's just nice to see him back on the podium. Uh, I, I agree with Drew on that one as well. I think Lando, um, just just his performance uh, last GP was outstanding. Uh, as, as well as Drew said, he definitely deserved it. Uh, that was some uh, we were waiting for for a moment like this again from Lando. It, it was it was bound to happen, and I'm glad it happened. Um, and like I said before, I hope there's going to be more moments uh, from Lando, and not just Lando, other drivers as well. You know, pulling their weight and and hopefully getting uh, more different uh, drivers of the day or or more um how should i put this um lower end teams going in the topper uh, top uh top end i guess uh positions that would be also interesting to see mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i think it's uh obviously lando did great i think everyone wants to see him do well um i think you know i'd love to see him get that first win yeah, I think it's long overdue. Um, just for him as like a as a driver, as a personality in the sport, as someone who you really think has the skills to succeed. Um, but honorable mention to Piastri because going in there as as a rook and coming out uh, in what was it fourth, fourth. place, um, I think he he did a phenomenal race. He wasn't shook. He just kind of ran his race, and you know, I know he's kind of been you know touted as you know a future champion and like he's got a lot of pedigree or he's you know he's got like a high level of skill and i didn't really i think this is the first time i really saw that in him 
Um, and I think um, he had an amazing race. So good, good for you, Oscar, in case you're listening. Thumbs up. I personally think my honorable mention would go to Hamilton because I don't yeah. think that that uh, Mercedes looked very good all race. And I think he just, if it was anyone else, well, there you go. George, Georgie Borgi. He's your, your next best. And like, I just don't think they were there. Like they're obviously better than Ferrari. And for some reason, Aston Martin, I would argue has either not progressed or their car has gone backwards mm-hmm. and everyone else has just progressed. Cause like, I don't think that Mercedes is looking quite slick. And I, McLaren took a, a leap forward in like the course of a, a couple weekends, which is insane. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, Hamilton really willed that car to third place. Like he, that it was a fight. Like I think you saw McLaren had pace and they had a fast car. And to your point, I don't think you could see that in the Mercedes. It was, it was a struggle to kind of like pull that thing. And, you know, they had like, they had, listen, they had a good, they had good timing in terms of like the safety car. They came in for a pit stop. You know, that's just the way it works sometimes, but it, it didn't seem like it was an easy third place. Yeah, the top a, when, that, third when place. that safety car came in, all the top four all came into pit, which just worked into everyone's hands except for Piastri. He got screwed on that one. But mm-hmm. when they came back out, McLaren put um, Lando on those hards, which was a shock to me. And uh, Mercedes and, and Hamilton came back out on the softs, and I thought he was going to absolutely tear into them after the um, the restart when the safety car went in. He had two laps before DRS came back on. And I thought that those soft tires were going to just come right up to temp and start working mm-hmm. a lot faster than they did. And every corner and every straightaway that Lando didn't let um, Hamilton buy, those hards started to light up and started to work and work. And by the time the DRS came on, he was already out of DRS range. So like yeah. they had the confidence in that car to know that those hards were going to light up in you know, a couple laps and all Lando had to do was keep Hamilton behind. And they, they were confident enough in that pace, which was impressive. Who gets your uh, worst driver of the day, Thomas? I'm going to go with a little bit uh, different route. As much as I hate Nick DeVries and, you know, he's not really relevant anymore. I'm going to say hate so harsh. <laughs> Jesus. We'll talk about that later, but um, I'm going to say I'm really disappointed in Alfa Romeo and, and one of my favorite drivers, Bottas. I, he's just not performing. Um, it's, it's really sad for me to see that, you know, he had so much potential with Mercedes. He was always almost on the podium every single time with Lewis. And now I don't think he got a podium at all this year or last year. It's, it's, you know, and, there, and we could argue there's other drivers out there too, but uh, in my eyes, uh, Bottas is, is really, really slacking and really, really falling behind. Thomas, your point, I think he seems uninterested. Yeah. Like he doesn't feel and look competitive. Like when people are, are trying to pass him and like they're going into the corners and stuff with him, like he doesn't even care to try. Yeah, I agree. From my perspective, like when I see it, it's just like he used to get in there. And, like, was it just because he had the confidence in the car and now he just no longer has the confidence in Alfa Romeo? Which, rightfully so, I would argue it's the slowest or second slowest car on the grid. But, yeah, I agree with you on that one. My worst driver of the day, I'm going to pick on him just because I can. Nick DeVries was so fucking bad, they fired him. So that was arguably his worst race ever because they were like, you know what, we got to pull the cord. We talked about this in the last pod. We were like, you know, are they going to do a a half season change 
this, I don't know if it was his worst race ever. He had a lot of stupid crashes, a lot of spin outs, a lot of DNFs. Save, 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 save oh. it. We, we got to move on to this. Okay. So okay, I got daddy. it. Nick DeVries fucking kicking the guy while he's down. Um, I'm going to give my worst driver to, I'm going to go with Stroll. He's out there just playing fucking bumper cars again. Just like ramming into people, he like, was. <laughs> he like going in the corners, like oh, you know, running off the track, coming back on track, like smashing people on the side. I think he hit Gasly, and I can't remember who else. He was just fucking bumper cars out there. So um, his spatial sense is fucking zero. <laughs> like he has, like in Monaco, I actually thought he was in he was in um, in bumper cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know he broke his wrist, so that I hear that I don't affects care. your. I don't. That care. affects your. I'm just joking. Anyways, so that's the British Grand Prix. That's that's the uh, that's the recap. Anything you want to say before we move on to Nicholas DeVries or just Nick DeVries? I guess. Uh, yeah. I think it's just Nick. Uh, I want to say. Some, I want to say something. Um. I'm glad he's of out. Of course you do, yeah. Thomas. I, hate I fucking hate Nick. I'm glad he's out. He has a very punchable face. Fuck him. Fuck him. Okay. Well, thank you for that, uh, you know, well-thought-out uh, response. Um, very eloquent. Is there anything else you want to say other than that? I'm glad he's out. <laughs> why? Why are you glad he's out? Other than the punchable face, why are you glad he's out? As Drew said, he sucks. Okay, fair enough. Based on what? Ba- I'm going to challenge you with this because I I've I'm, I did a bit of a deep dive. So okay, so he sucks. He had shitty races. Um, he was not. <laughs> I love your argument. He was not performing <laughs> like well. Like a politician, what's wrong with him? He sucks. But why? Because he sucks. But then what's the what's what's so bad about it? Well, he just sucks. Like the argument is just not there. Basically, basically. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, he uh, he had he wasn't performing couple uh, he wasn't performing good races. He was crashing. Uh, yes, I get it. He's a rookie. He was under a lot of pressure, but um, and maybe what uh, Alfatari did to him too is not fair. They didn't really give him a full season, which I don't want to stand up for the guy, but I, I think he at least deserved a full season. And uh, so that was kind of shitty of the team to just can him like that, but. Um, I'm glad he's out. I'm glad. I feel like there's more we need to unpack here. Like, did you guys go to school together? Did he like beat you up in the like the playground? I feel like there's there's like more to the story. What I because what I, I said it seems oddly personal. What I said, he has a very punchable face. I just don't like him. It's just, just that's all there is to it. So it was just like an inherent, yeah, just an inherent like, hate, visceral, disappointment. Yes, yes, exactly. Like his ancestors, like killed your ancestors back in the day, kind of thing. Like it's just something you feel deep within. Correct. You. Okay. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, you want to follow that? <laughs> There's so many things to say. Begin. So, um. Okay. I don't think Red Bull gave him enough time. I also think that Red Bull made a weird call in taking Nick in the first place. I don't know if he was a long-term play regardless. I think he was a stopgap because I think they wanted Liam Lawson to just kind of mature a little bit. And 
kind of ferment in that like super series that he's racing. I think he's out in Japan kind of finishing off this series. And I don't know because Liam Lawson has been snubbed for this seat twice now. Right. So Danny Rick's now taking the seat and it's nothing against Nick DeVries, but I just think that Red Bull has, they've done this in the past with Danny Creat and they, you know, in 2017, when they put Max in that seat, it's a very Red Bull thing to do. I don't think it's completely out of character. I think this is exactly what Red Bull will do. I think it was a smart play that they got rid of him before the summer break. Because I think his home race, if, for my, if I'm thinking about it correctly, I think his home race is right after the summer break's done. And that would have been even worse to fire him over the summer break right before his home race. That all being said, I don't know if, if Red Bull has feelings in any way, shape, or form. Mm, so yeah. let's just go with it and, and say that they have no soul at all and they just wanted to get rid of him. And that's fine. It is what it is. If you look at Nick DeVries as a resume... He's actually not super impressive. Like, he's pretty good, but, like, Red Bull wants to hire future champions, from my understanding, what I've heard from, you know, Christian Horner and what I've heard from Helmut Marco. Like, those guys don't want average drivers. They want future championship, and which was also a weird call. Why Danny Rick is getting that seat in AlphaTauri. Is it a play to how, you know, they're trying to put a fire underneath Checo's ass? Or is it they just need to fill this seat because Danny Rick has arguably the second most marketability of any driver on the grid behind Lewis Hamilton? Because I know Danny Rick in the States is huge. They'll be selling merch like crazy. And I think AlphaTauri needed that because AlphaTauri is hurting for, for sponsors right now. So is it an overall business play to get Danny Rick over there? Maybe. I just don't know if if Nick DeVries just kind of got the shit end of this stick, if he was kind of used as a pawn in all of this and his time in formula one was cut short because in the small window of opportunity that Red Bull gave him, he didn't like become a superstar in arguably mm -hmm. the worst or second worst car in the grid. So like, I think he just got the, the shit end of a stick. I wish him all the best, but like, you know, you had a chance and you blew it, dude. Um, do you think he has a place in formula one? No, no, I'm not. No. I, I think that he lucked out in that Williams drive. I think Alex Albon's appendix was a huge catalyst for him to get into the Formula One, and he absolutely drove the tires off that that car in that one mm -hmm. race and got ninth place, got points. And he hasn't shown up to bat since. And it sucks because he's in a subpar car, but like he's consistently not even near Yuki. And I know he's a rookie. You give him a little bit of time, but like. Red Bull isn't that type of team. You're in or you're in the fucking way. So it's interesting you say that. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um, so basically, I just wanted to add a couple of uh, points to, to Drew's uh, little rant. I hate Nick. Well, yes. I want to push his Yes, face. but something different. Um, what Drew said, how you know Red Bull wants uh, drivers and winners. Uh, let's not forget Nick uh, DeVries was a winner of Formula E. You know, he was the world champion. Um but at the same time, I think... And Formula 2. And Formula 2, exactly. He was a Formula 2 champion as well. And I think Red Bull took a gamble and they thought it's going to work out. They thought he's going to work out for the team. And, and unfortunately, it has not. But at the same time, again, to your point, Drew, uh, Danny Rick, just market, marketability is right there. He's so much more popular. He has uh, a crowd, uh, a really strong crowd following. And it just... 
at the same time, it kind of makes sense for AlphaTauri to go that way. And uh, and the third point as well, um, again, as you said, uh, putting some pressure on Checo. Because um, this was, uh, we said it last time, I'm like, I think there's going to be a changer before the summer break. And, you know, here we are. And uh, they're basically signaling Checo, hey, you better start performing and winning races and getting points. Or, or you're basically, you're looking at your future. I just wanted to add that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I was thinking about this discussion we're going to have today, and I want to really understand, you know, what are the benchmarks and what are we really looking at in terms of, you know, driver expectations and success and things like that, and and what determines, you know, whether someone stays in a seat or doesn't stay in a seat. You know, and Thomas, you mentioned, you know, he does have some success, right? He won Formula 2, he won Formula E, and then, you know, he had a few years, he had a year in between as a test driver for four Mercedes um you know in between those two championships but i think he does have that that level of skill and i thought to myself okay i want to really take a look at some of the the performances of some of like the you know other drivers that were maybe kind of in the bottom languishing in the bottom you know with you know lower level teams like a williams or something like that and understand what their performance was like i don't know can you guys see this little thing up here yeah yeah i got you yeah so I was able to, so I put together this little thing. I just did a bunch of screenshots from Wikipedia and looked at some drivers um, over the last few years to understand what their performance was like. So can you guys make out that top row? The very, very top row? Yeah, the very, very top row. Okay. Right. So very, very top row, we have Mr. Nikita Mazepin. So no, no surprise right he didn't do very well he had a shit car he was a mediocre driver at best i think we could all agree um finish that one season with haas no points second section we have here i was looking at latifi let's look what latifi did his first few seasons first season nothing no points second season had a couple of decent races in between Third season, again, pretty shit, but nothing nothing really spectacular, right? And short of handing Max his first victory, he, he <laughs> didn't really accomplish much else. Um, we have George, Russell below that. So look at his first few two seasons with Williams. Like nothing, no points, nothing over the top 10, right? And then we have Yuki over here, right? He's the second one. From the bottom, you know, all credit to Yuki. He came out flying that first season. Like, he killed it. Like, all the green blocks are, are, are point finishes. Like, he did amazing. He had 32 points his first season. I did not realize he was that, that good that first year. Um, but he's definitely slowed down. And if you look at, you know, Great Britain last year compared to this year, that's 23 races. He has three points, right? So it's not like he has been performing that well or you know really letting it up he's placing higher than the breeze but he hasn't been like killing it points wise so i I went back and i looked at all this because i just want to understand what are we really comparing devries to right to from past performances to the same guy that's in his car and his teammate and it was just it, it all all the conclusions that i came down to were i think it's bullshit that he got fired after 10 races i think he deserved more time and I don't really know if it's a move that is performance related. 
Um, you know, I think there were other things happening in Red Bull, you know, within the management where, you know, I think we, we've established that they weren't fully aligned on bringing him on in the first place. I think it was uh, Helmut Marco who wanted him and Christian Horner who didn't. Um, so I think there's already a bit of disagreement within the, the key ranks, but um, I don't think his performance alone, despite the crashes, despite the early bullshit, I don't think the performance alone early on really warranted his release from the team. And um, if they didn't have Danny Rick sitting there, I think he'd still be driving for them. And I don't want to punch you, Nick. I feel bad for you, man. I, th- I feel like you deserve some more time. And uh, I hope based on, you know, who else we have going on right now and who else we have in the series that he gets another chance. Cause I think he, I think he deserves it in a team that's going to give him a little bit more patience. Maybe if Avon moves on from Williams, maybe he can find a, find a place there and kind of cut his teeth a little bit better. But um, I think he got a shit deal. Oh. And I don't know if it's a personality thing. I don't know if, you know, something wasn't working there, but um don't listen to Thomas Neck. You have a great face. You know what? Just to, to add to your point, Walker, um, I, I do think it was unfair of AlphaTauri to to kick him out, you know, after 10 races. I, I really, truly do deserve and or I really do think he deserved at least a full season to, to maybe improve or, or really show his skills. Uh, I'm not happy or impressed with what they did but at the end of the day you know business is business and they thought this was the best business decision and that's what who they went with and that's what they did they did what they did and to drew's point it's a, it's, it's a very red bull yeah. move like it's not out of character yeah. I, he got the shit end of the stick we'll call it what it is you know what i mean that he got shake hand halfway through a year and it it wasn't, you know, after seeing those numbers, it wasn't based on merit alone. I think it proves that money talks because um, DJ Mazaspin was in the, the car that whole season because Daddy was forking out some big dozo to Haas. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Do you actually think Nick DeVries is a good driver? Like, just honest, like, guy to guy. Like, do you actually think Nick DeVries, like, all, all things, if he was in a Red Bull beside Max Verstappen, like, do you think he's competing? Like, did anything that he did out, like was outstanding? Like, did it blow any of your minds? Like, let's put it this way. Let me answer this question be- this way because I don't, I don't know enough because I haven't seen enough of him. But I can confidently say that I don't think he is. Like, if you're cutting like the worst driver in the field. I don't think he's the worst driver in the field. No, I agree. I don't think he's at the bottom. No. Like, is he is he good enough to be up there with Max and Lewis and uh, Alonso and those guys? I don't know that either. But I still don't think he's the worst driver in the field. Not not conclusively. Especially 10 races in. Uh, I agree with you guys. I think it was circumstantial. It was circumstantial, right? Because like, if he was in the Alfa Romeo, he'd still be in a seat. Because it wouldn't have had, mm-hmm. like you said, it, Danny Rick wouldn't have been there kind of waiting for that seat. And whether Danny Rick is a better or worse driver, I think that's another good point that I'd love to talk to you guys about too. Like now that Danny Rick's in, he was put in a McLaren 
things didn't gel. That McLaren was a tough car to drive. It, you know, it, it took a little while for him and Lando. Lando obviously took to the car a little bit easier than he did. If Danny Rick gets inside this AlphaTauri and does not compete with Yuki, then it's a Danny Rick problem. I feel bad. Listen, I, I don't think this is a great move for Danny Rick either. Like from a career perspective, like sure, he's back in a seat, but like there's a lot, like get into a shit car like that. Like doesn't matter if it's a shit car or not. If you're not performing, it's just going to look bad on Danny Rick. Yeah. Then it's a him problem. It's not a car problem. And I think that's going to be, he's, he has to be super careful about what goes on. Or, like, maybe stipulate that in a contract. Like, listen, you guys are also giving me, like, the worst car on the grid. So, like, regardless of what I do, don't hold this against me. What that isn't going to do, even if Red Bull says, yeah, okay, the fans of Formula One are going to judge him based on this. And, like, I don't want to see somebody like Danny Rick go out like this. Because it's going to, it'll tarnish everything about him. And I think it, it might even hurt his ability to be something outside of Formula One. Like outside of being a driver, like being a, mm -hmm. an announcer, doing all that kind of stuff. Like if you do this, this could really tarnish your reputation, like long term. Well, we all we all know Danny's Rick's, Danny Rick's history with uh, with uh, not making the the right career moves as well. You know, from jumping from Red Bull to Renault to McLaren now to AlphaTauri, it's almost like it seems like he's going a step down, a step down, a step down constantly. So. Um, it's definitely going to spice up things. It's going to be definitely interesting to see the next, you know, at least the next the rest of the season for sure. If he stays with AlphaTauri, it's going to be interesting to see where he lines up besides Yuki and with the rest of the grid. So it's we'll hold, lots, lots to look forward to. Let me ask you guys this then. Danny Rick's going to sit in that seat to the end of 2023. What do you think is going to happen in 2024? Do you think Danny Rick is going to, continue to drive the AlphaTauri into 2024, like next season? I don't think so. I think that would be the opportunity for Red Bull to put Liam Lawson in that seat that he's missed out on twice now and put Danny as a reserve driver again. Like, I I literally think this is a stopgap. I know that the, the producers at Netflix are just getting hard over this right now because now they have a story to tell on this season instead of a Max ran away with it story. Now they have like a zero to hero to zero again kind of story and and Danny Rick is obviously quite the character, so I'm sure this will turn out amazing. But, like, I don't think that Danny Rick is a solution for AlphaTauri at all. And it now takes away from him being in Red Bull as a as a reserve driver. Who's going to be the reserve driver for Red Bull now? Yeah, it, it's going to be tricky. And I think when people tell the legend of Danny Rick, I think, you know, this could be a really, you know, a poor chapter. You know, and I and I hate to say that because we want to see this guy um, succeed, but I I just don't know if it's going. To, I don't see how this can be a positive move for him. Like I don't see how he can come out on top of this. And to Thomas's point, you know, he's kind of been going down and down and down based on these career moves, and now you are hoping that you can perform in a shit car, in a grid that in a team that you have you know very little seat time in. And it's just, I don't know, it's going to break my heart. Maybe maybe he'll have some decent success and like sign with Ferrari or something. Well, maybe, follow, maybe follow me here. Follow me here. Danny Rick's yeah. getting paid by McLaren to not race, getting mm -hmm. paid by Red Bull to be a reserve driver, getting paid by ESPN to be a commentator, and now getting paid to AlphaTauri. So really, who's winning? I think Danny yeah, well, Rick's got these four paychecks cruising in 
real nice in that wallet. Yeah, well, he can't commentate now. I would argue he could. Let's get the fucking live <laughs> mic on the race. How live sick would that be? Race. That would be sick. All right. Anything else you guys want to say on the uh, DeVries, Danny Rick saga? Uh, no, nah, I'm just excited to see Danny Rick, man. I'm pumped. Me too. Uh, it will be it's, fun. It's going to be definitely an interesting season. Uh, basically, again, tied a little bit to Drew's point, you know, when he was talking, who, you know, to get another driver into Danny's uh, Rick's position at Alpha Tauri. I think it'd be also interesting if Danny Rick would sign with uh, Alfa Romeo, if Bottas would be out. I think that would be also a very, very interesting uh, move if that could happen, and which in reality, it might happen considering how things are going. You know, we don't know this, but who knows? Well, speaking of underperformers, let's talk. I mean, I'm going to throw Joe's name out there because he's done shit all as well. So um, if anyone could go from that team, you know, I would suggest it would be him. But anyways, we're going to move on because we have a lot to talk about. Um, let's just touch on the hungry gp we're at the hungaro ring um maybe we'll just do some quick predictions going into it thomas you still got a good connection you want to start us off predictions as in who's gonna place first second third fourth or what's gonna happen or sure let's go let's go let's go one to four and just let's hear it well one obviously max or sapin uh two i'm gonna go with lando norris uh, three, I'm going to go with Oscar. And four, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Sir Lewis Hamilton. Wow, you're going McLaren hard. Yeah. He's double downing on the McLaren in the podium. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with first place, ain't no stopping, Verstappen. Uh, second place, I think we're going to see a Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton. I think third place, I would love to see Lando Norris. And then fourth place, I think we're going to see Chuckles the Buckles. I think Ferrari's going to have to pull out a serious comeback here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Walker? Mm-hmm. What do you got on these top four, boys? Um. Okay, let's put Max up front. Second, I don't think I don't think McLaren is going to have the same level of success um i think it'll be competitive but i don't know if they're gonna have the same level of success i'm gonna put hamilton in number two and hmm, number three let's you know i'll throw lando at number three maybe we'll have a repeat what do i know i don't know <laughs> it's fucking guessing um but we'll uh yeah so let's do it. Oh, I need a number four. Um, let's get Leclerc up there as well. Okay, so my question is, nobody's mentioned Alonzo. What happened no. to Aston Martin? Like, none you of know, us... I was like, thinking you know, about we, it. None of us even mentioned it. I think I did briefly at the beginning, but, like, where did they go? What happened? Like, was there an upgrade that, like... Because I know... Was it AlphaTauri? I know one of these constructors did an upgrade, and actually both cars went backwards in pace. It wasn't that like everyone else leapt forward. They actually went backwards in pace. I don't know if that's happened to um, to Aston Martin. I haven't looked at the the data on it. But I would argue that everyone's taken leaps forward. Even Ferrari has taken leaps forward. And they've just stayed stagnant, which seems odd because they were just running amok with things. Wasn't it? Um, wasn't Aston Martin one of the first teams to bring out upgrades from what I remember? 
I don't recall, to be honest with you. I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, I think they did bring some more upgrades and they just, they clearly have not been working in the way, um, the way they expected. So, you know, when I think about my top three, I was thinking about, you know, can Aston come back at like a track like this? And I, I just don't have very much faith in that car right now. You know, I think he, I think he's going to push, uh, as hard as he can, but it's going to be tough. And then the other part of it, you know, is if one does like happy Fernando turn into like bitter Fernando when things aren't going his way, like how much, like, what is the, uh, what's the half-life of that? Like how long until we start to see bitter Fernando come out and he's maybe not performing at his best because he doesn't have that car under him right now. I agree. I don't think that he's, I think he's happy when he's winning much like Max Verstappen. I think a lot of these racers have that kind of a type personality. Like when things are going well, it's awesome. But mm-hmm. I think I, I would argue you're right that you're like, he's, he'll be the first guy to turn when shit's not real good. And he's done it before and he'll do yeah. it again. I yeah. Just well, last season with Alpine was not pretty. No. The way they ended it. No, exactly. And I don't think he's burnt every bridge yeah, as far as <laughs> Formula One teams are concerned. I think he's burnt every bridge, but deservedly so. He's a great racer. And I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he'll go down as one of the best of all time. So, um, yeah. So we're going to look forward to the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, in a few days now. Um, Now, maybe our favorite time of the show. It's a game that's been sweeping the nation, or so I've been told by nobody. Um, We're going to name Guess That Sponsor. But before we start, I do need to make a quick notation on last week's game. Ed Lowe, who's not here with us today, sadly, he guessed that Richard Mille was um, on a McLaren car and it was a high-end watchmaker, which I said he got half right because I had it that it was a sponsor for Ferrari. However, turns out they sponsor two cars because they got that much money. So, Ed Lowe, you were correct. Richard Mille is also a sponsor for McLaren and uh, it is a watch manufacturer. So, we're going into today's little game. Um, we're going to buzz in with some keywords here again. So, Drew, your keyword is Toto. <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> Thomas, you're going to buzz in with Horner. Okay. Are you guys ready? Oh, totally. Horner. <laughs> Are you, are you are you getting Horner for this Very game? Very much. Oh man, this game has me so Horner right now. <laughs> All right, first one up, bit of a softball, maybe is Dewalt. Horner, Toto. Okay, Toto. I think you buzzed in first. Um, Dewalt. They are a tool manufacturer. The team will be Haas. And fuck. Horner, you got a guess? Uh, DeWalt, uh, tool manufacturer, team is Aston Martin. And you're also wrong. Yes. It is a tool manufacturer, as we know. However, well, you know, I should check this. Oh, Just no. make sure I didn't get it oh, wrong no. again. <laughs> but the team... The team 
as I know it, is McLaren. Really? I was going to guess McLaren just because of the color, but I couldn't see it on the car. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't see it on any of those. So, I think it's just McLaren. Okay. So, you guys are both wrong. Okay. Okay, next one. JCB. JCB. Toto. Mm-hmm. It is on Mercedes. I'm going to go with my absolute favorite answer. Logistics. <laughs> is there, I'm, I can't be wrong on both. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> you can and you are. <laughs> uh, Horner, uh, Alpha Tari, <laughs> and um, JCV, you said? Yeah. Something with tools. So, first of all, Thomas, I appreciate that you still buzzed in with Horner, even though you <laughs> really compete against. So, thank you for your commitment to the game. Um, secondly, uh, JCB is a sponsor of Aston Martin. Ooh. And JCB, as I recently learned, is the third largest construction company in the world. Wow. We are there you shooting go. absolutely awful <laughs> at all of these. Like, fuck, we are getting, I think we are arguably at like, what, 10%? I think the only one that's got it fully right is Ed. Is Ed, yeah. Yeah. So what is it? This is the third week, so that's yeah, six. Yeah. So what's one, what's one of six? What's that in percentage, like 18%? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Okay, so... There you have it. Guess that sponsor. Fuck. No one got it right. No. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should do some. When are you going to have like an easy ones like Ray-Ban, Ferrari, you know, like something like that. Okay. Well, we'll get some softballs going next week. Just, just so we can all get some points on the board, boys. Jesus. I feel like Nick DeVries over here. Guys, I was going to say you pulled a Nick. Yeah. You're pulling a Nick. So I think that's it for us today. Any final words? You want to share, or are we just going to go straight to piecing out here? No, I think we're going to ask for anyone who's listening to get us a sponsor so that we can go to a Grand Prix for free. We're just looking for like some general admission passes. We're not asking for a whole ton. It's not like I want you to fly me to Monaco to be on a yacht. That I will expect later when this takes off. But for now, like a fucking keychain is cool from Alpine. I'll take a bullshit hat from Alfa Romeo or maybe just a few general admission tickets to Montreal. How about some um, Nick DeVries uh, paraphernalia now that they have some some extras hanging around? Great idea, Walker. Took the words out of my <laughs> mouth. Let's get some Nick DeVries hats because they are worth <laughs> zero. Yeah. Oh, speaking. Yeah. Can we get some posters for Thomas's bunker? We can put them behind them. I'm on it. I'm I'm definitely gonna <laughs> order like a picture long. of Nick DeVries' face right behind me. That's what I'm gonna get. A hundred percent. You need to do that. That'd be <laughs> fucking gold. Oh, oh speaking gold. speaking of Nick DeVries, just quickly, did you guys see that uh, photo with him and uh, Total Wolf in Monaco Cafe and Nick's face, like just about like crying or something like that? Yeah, and then I saw the meme where it says, okay, Nick, now that you've done the secret mission for, you know, getting all the information, <laughs> tell me all about their car. Or or the one where it says uh, total collecting uh, drivers as fast as Pokemon cards or something like that. Yeah, man. Too good. Too good. You guys, savages. 
All right. Well, there you have it. That has been Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. Uh, we're here every week recapping the races, talking about Formula One news and all that good stuff in between. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, which you probably are, because I don't know where else you would hear it, except YouTube. But if you're listening to us, rate, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, sponsor us. You never know. You know, we're not picky. And um, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment, um, check out the link to the Discord server. Lots of more, lots more conversation uh, and fun going on there in the show notes. And uh, until next time, ciao, ciao. Awesome.